What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Steve Perry, and you have just tuned in to Case Catholic Radio. So, like I said in our first episode, trying to put out an episode every weekday was, to say the least, an ambitious goal. And as we found out last week, it's a goal that we will at least occasionally fail to meet. That's the bad news. The good news, or the worst news, uh, depending on who you ask, is that we're kicking this back off on the Monday, and you know what that means. That means we're getting started again with Dad Joke Monday. A bit of background to this joke. So, at the end of our first Real Newman Night, two Thursdays ago, after a talk and a deep discussion on our faith and how we're each called to live it, I asked the folks there if they had any last questions. One of them said, Steve, can you tell us a joke? So, I told them this one. So Jesus was, uh, was, meeting with his, was meeting with crowds and he was speaking to them and all of a sudden a bunch of Pharisees broke in with, uh, with this woman and they were, they were just dragging her by her arm and dragging her right into the middle of the crowd and they kind of threw her in front of Jesus and said, Rabbi, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. The law says that we are to stone one such as these. What do you say? And so Jesus just kneels down and starts writing with his finger in the sand, and the Pharisees start getting really upset that Jesus isn't like answering their question. They're trying to trap him, and he's just ignoring them. So they keep pressing him. They say, Jesus, what do you say? What should we do with this woman? And Jesus says, Let the one who is without sin among you cast the first stone. For a second, there's a little bit of a pause, but then all of a sudden, this really beautiful woman creeps up from behind Jesus and grabs a rock and just throws it right at the woman's arm. Jesus turns to the woman and says, I really hate when you do that, Mom. Honestly, that's probably in like the 95th percentile of the quality of jokes you're going to hear on Dad Joke Monday, so I hope you appreciated it because it'll probably be a while before you hear another one that's funny and doesn't make you want to punch me. Really, that's a hard balance for me to find. Anyway, so what we're going to be doing today is reflecting on a passage, today's passage from the Gospel of Luke, and it's a passage that I've always really enjoyed. It might be because I enjoy this passage so much, but it's looking like today's podcast is going to be a little bit longer than normal. But I think we've got really good stuff to chew on here, so I hope you find it worth the extra time. So I ask that wherever you are, just take a breath, stand to yourself, and enter into a receptive silence to allow God to speak to you through this passage, and maybe through this reflection as well. This is a reading from the Gospel according to Luke. After he had ended all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now, a centurion had a slave who was dear to him, who was sick and at the point of death. When he heard of Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, 
asking him to come and heal his slave. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word, and let my servant be healed. For I am a man set under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say to one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes, and to my slave, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled at him, and turned and said to the multitude that followed him, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave well. Like I said, this is one of my favorite gospel passages for so many reasons. First of all, I really like how this is one of the few passages where Jesus is interacting with the Jewish elders, and it's like a pleasant interaction where the Jews who, they speak, who the gospel speaks of know that Jesus can work miracles and call upon him to help someone who has been good to them. I think the gospel writers focus so much on those leaders of the Jews that rejected Jesus that I really enjoy getting a sense that some of them took him seriously and believed that he could be who he said he was. The second thing that I really like about this passage is I think the most obvious aspect of it. The fact that this pagan man, who almost certainly was a worshiper of the Roman gods, had such faith in what Jesus can do that he becomes a model of faith even for Jesus' followers. I think that what I really like about this is how it shows that no matter who we are, how we were raised, and what we were brought up to believe, to quote the, law, the prophet Jeremiah, the law is written on our hearts, and we all have this innate capacity to recognize the glory of the true God when we are in his presence. The best guess we can give about what this Roman soldier believed is that he probably regarded Jesus as one among the many gods that he worshipped, an unknown god who had revealed himself in a special way to a people that the centurion cared for. Although he probably thought of Christ as a new god, he clearly believed that there was something special about him, because Jesus the Christ was the only God in all of Rome to actually visit his people. So this soldier had a flawed faith because he didn't know that Christ was the only true God. But at the same time, he had a powerful faith. And the depth of his belief, the depth of his faith, is something that we memorialize in every Mass when we say, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. And that brings me to our last point, which is where I want to focus most of our time today. And that point is the question of worthiness in our faith. The word worthy plays an interesting role in this passage. First, when the elders begged Jesus to help this friend of theirs, they told Jesus that the centurion, quote, is worthy to have you do this for him. 
Yet, when Jesus agrees and begins to head toward his home to do what he was asked to do, the centurion says, I am not worthy that you should come into that you should enter under my roof. I'm not worthy to have you in my home. So the Jewish elders say he's worthy. He himself says he's not. It seems like either the elders have to be wrong or he does, right? Right? Wrong. And we're actually we're going to talk about why. This exchange actually parallels really closely a dynamic that occurs for us every day in the Mass. We too, in the Mass, are asking Jesus to enter under our roofs in the Eucharist. And as all of our Catholic listeners know, right before we begin to receive the Eucharist, we say of ourselves, we say this together, but we're saying it of ourselves as individuals, the words of the centurion, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. So we too express unworthiness in the mass, but just like with the centurion, someone says we are worthy. And this happens during the Eucharistic prayer. You might have noticed it before, but there's a good chance you didn't. When the priest is, you know, making his prayer to God, the father, he says, we thank you for counting us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. So God says we're worthy. We say we're not. One of us has to be wrong, right? Right? Again, wrong. So how does this make sense? Obviously God isn't wrong. That's like literally impossible. But the truth is we're not wrong either. But if I'm saying I'm not worthy and God's saying I am, how can we both be speaking truly? Friends, the difference lies in what we mean when we say worthy. See, when we as human beings say to the Lord, Lord, I am not worthy, we are acknowledging the truth that we have not earned the right to receive what we are being given. Even a little bit further, we're actually acknowledging that by our sins, we have actively forfeited any claim to deserve the gift that we're being given. In other words, when we say we're not worthy, we're speaking on the level of merit, on, what we've, on the level of uh, what we've earned. God, on the other hand, is speaking on a much deeper and in a way more basic level than economic exchange, than giving one what one is due. God is speaking on the level of gift, in which what is bestowed is not bestowed because it is earned, but simply, the, but simply because the giver wants to give it. Because God desires for us to be with him, he calls all of us who repent and who desire to be with him worthy. And because his word carries all power, that alone is enough to make us worthy. I think of it in this way. Before God spoke at the beginning of time, there was nothing. And God said, let there be light. And it was so. When I approach the Eucharistic table, when I approach the mass, I am not worthy. And God says, this son of mine is worthy. And it is so. 
As a final thought, friends, I want to express to you that this whole merit versus gift thing goes way beyond the mass. It extends into our whole relationship with Christ. As a matter of fact, it's the reason that we have a relationship with Christ. And it is the reason for our salvation. Along those lines, I want to share with you guys a story that a friend shared with me. This friend's father-in-law was very close friends with a man who had a terminal disease and was in the last months of his life. This is a very Catholic family, and so his father-in-law encouraged his friend to go to confession, to receive last rites, basically to do those things to prepare for death that often people don't get the chance to do. Unfortunately, his friend refused, not because he didn't believe in God or because he felt he was above it all, but because he felt it would be hypocritical to turn to God in his last days when he didn't pay much attention to God during the rest of his life. In a way, this man was saying, I don't want a redemption or a forgiveness that I did not earn. The truth is, though, friends, none of us will be able to enter heaven and say, God, I have earned my place here. You would be wrong not to let me stay. No, each of us will, in the presence of perfection, realize how short of it we have fallen. And we will recognize that actually, God, I don't deserve to be here. And God willing, what's going to happen after we realize that and maybe after we express that, Jesus Christ will say back to us, yes, you do. Not because of what you have done, but because of what I have. Not because you have merited it, but because I desire it for you. And I hope, and I think I can say that I believe, that when this man passed and came face to face with Christ, that he, that he heard the Lord say these words to him, and that he'll have an eternity to enjoy the gift of salvation that none of us earned. Well, that's all that we've got for you guys today. This passage actually brought to mind for me an important question that we can tackle for our second Topic Tuesday starting tomorrow, which we're actually going to break again into two parts. The question of salvation. What we're going to talk about tomorrow is how, as Catholics, we believe we are saved, whether it's simply by our faith or whether it's simply by our works, or whether there's another answer to that. That'll be a little bit of a, of a teaser for you guys. Then what we'll talk about on Wednesday is the question of whether we as Catholics believe that people outside of the Catholic Church, even non-Christians, can be saved by Christ. So, if hearing that puts you on the edge of your seat, tune in the next two days where we will tackle those two questions. Until then, know that y'all are in my prayers and that I hope the rest of your day is great. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Peace!